Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Now here's the best, stay tuned sports podcast. And hello there all you stay tuners, welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, welcoming you to Super Bowl week. We finally got here, finally got to the end of the season. I mean, as far as us Eagles fans, I think we're happy to finally be done with the season, but be honest i didn't know if we would ever get here because of uh, the whole COVID thing but we did and it should be a hell of a game and obviously you know we're gonna get into a uh, detail about the game and give my prediction but there's other stuff to talk about as well as well as the matthew stafford trade um bkfc having their knuckle mania saturday and i think there's a ufc card too but uh I'll be tuning into Bare Knuckle a little bit more so than UFC. But before we get into the show, head over to staytunedsports.net. Right-hand side of our website is all our social media accounts that you can follow us from. Um, up top is our merch tab. We got the Stay Tuned Sports hat there. We got Josh Sobel's truck t-shirt there, hoodies. We're starting to get some, some good merchandise in there for you guys to pick from, so... Make sure you go over there and, and give it a look. Maybe possibly buy something. But um, definitely going to want to follow us and like us and subscribe to us on all our social media accounts because there is going to be a announcement coming soon. Um, kind of big, you know, kind of big for the, the podcast here. And you guys are going to want to be able to see the, the announcement. You know, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, it'll, it'll be posted all over the place. So. Speaking of announcements, um, I love playing video games. Everybody knows that. I, you know, hockey, uh, Call of Duty, that stuff. One of my favorite video games is finally coming back. NCAA and EA Sports coming back together to make NCAA football. I mean, it's not going to be called NCAA football, but they're, they, they got quoted saying basically they're going to reboot the, the franchise. And this has been something that all of us gamers, all of us sports gamers have been clamoring for for years since, uh, what, 2014 was the last game, so going on seven years. Now, a little backstory in case you don't know why they stopped, and you're going to see over the next few months, I, I, I believe they'll come to an agreement. A court case was actually filed saying NCAA was profiting off of the likeness and the names of these players um, in the game. Now, even though 
for namesake, say Tim Tebow, even though his name wasn't in the game, he looked like Tim Tebow. You knew it was Tim Tebow. And NCAA was profiting off of it. So NCAA said, nope, we're done with that agreement. We're not going to make it anymore with the, with the EA Sports. Well, EA Sports is partnering up with a collegiate license, licensing company, which is going to allow them to use the college football names, the stadiums. The only thing that it's not going to be able to use is the names or likeness. They'll be able to use the uniforms and playbooks too. Um, also, the the executive, I, I believe it was from EA Sports, did say this. It's going to be a while before we get it, but you know, it's definitely not going to be next year. Um, it could be even two or three more years. The way I look at it, though, is we just went seven years without it. As long as we're going to get it, what's another two or three more years? And like I stated earlier, I think in the next few months, you're going to see NCAA come to some type of rule change or agreement to allow players to profit off of their names and likeness which will change this whole EA Sports uh, collegiate football game as well. Because he did say, you know, the, the, the executive did say some things are, are going to change eventually over, over time, which I think he's alluding to that. I never understood why NCAA did this. I mean, yes, they're a powerhouse. They're always making money. But you, just, you, you cut yourself off from so many opportunities because think about you know if you got little johnny who's 10 years old picks up the ncaa 14 and plays as denard robinson gets hooked on the game likes the player well i want next year's game because i want to get him to be a, a, a heisman again and it's a snowball effect type deal but by cutting it off Little Johnny's not going to realize who Denard Robinson is until he's in the NFL, or you know, not going to be able to play with play as him to hype him up and you know buy his products, and which you would get a a part of because you kind I don't want to say own the name, but you had a part of it. So I always said it was stupid by NCAA to to do that, but at least we have it coming back. And even though it's not going to be called NCAA, you know, football 14 or NCAA 14 or whatever, you know, it used to be called, they are going to rename it and call it EA Sports College Football when they reboot the game. Just remember, it's in the game. So like I said, this weekend, jam-packed with sporting events, basically. Um, let's all not forget, Friday, we have Joshua Sobel in the Simbox uh, race series going on over on YouTube, 3YTV. Then Saturday, we have the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, Knuckle Mania. And it's Paige Van Zandt's long-awaited debut. And I'll tell you what, this this 
should be a good fight. She's going up against Britton Hart, who we've seen a few times. It's going to be a tough fight. Um, she's fought Beck Rollins. And I forget who she fought last time. Couple, uh, back in December, I believe it was. Um, but she won that one. But the Beck Rollins won. Let's not forget, when, when before Britton Hart, Beck Rollins was run through that women's division. And when Britton Hart came on, I mean, she still got her ass kicked. But it, it, it was a tough fight for Beck Rollins. So this is going to be a, a very tough debut fight for Paige Van Zandt. So just give it a little rundown. There's nine fights. And that's the other reason I like Bare Knuckles, because they go so fast. You have to have multiple fights. You have to have... You can't, you can't just have four or five fights like UFC. It's just... I, I think it's more unpredictable than UFC. So the nine fights we have... Main event, Van Zant versus Britton Hart. The co-main event is for the BKFC Bantam Championship... Bantamweight Championship. Johnny Bedford versus Dat Win. Then we have, I believe, Chris Lieben's last combat fight of his career. Kind of like a retiring fight. Versus Quinton Henry, which is... Someone's getting knocked out. They both love the bang. I'm, I'm just going to start saying that right now. Um, before them, we have a 135-pound bout with Carissa Sagala versus Taylor Jenkins. Then a, a 145 bout, Greg Bono versus John Chalbeck. A 155 bout, Martin Brown versus Zach Zane. 205 bout, Lorenzo Hunt versus Rob Moreau. And another 265 bout, Dylan Klecker versus Chris Jensen. BKFC is has been around now for, this will be, what, three years now. And some of these names are actually starting to, to stick and, and get well-known. Um, and just looking at this card already, there's like four, four or five out of these nine that everybody knows the names just from watching them or watching UFC. And it's going to be some good entertaining fights. Um, talking about the Paige Van Zandt, Britain a hard fight. BKFC, I, I would think, is hoping Van Zandt wins because they signed her to a big deal, hoping that she would bring followers to watch, you know, the pay-per-views and, and things like that. The the worst thing that could happen is for her to lose because all her Instagram followers, any followers that that have been following BKFC. Are gonna look at her and be like, what the hell is this the point of bringing her over? You know, um, is she really this bad? Or you know, that she, she she wasn't that great in UFC, so you know, why would she come here? Why, why not just go retire? Or go to Bellator? Or go somewhere? You know, more your your talent type. You know, thinking. So I think that would be a big loss for Van Zandt and a big loss for BKFC. If she were to lose. Um, and I think it'd be a big game for Bryn Hart because it's a big name. You know, there's this new new face, I don't wanna say new face of the franchise, but new face to help carry the uh, women's division. You know, slightly disrespected, probably feels like. It'd be a big win and probably put her right back up there to fight for the title again. 
Um, Johnny Bedford versus Dat Win. Both very good boxers. Um, Bedford is very good defensively. We, you know, we've seen him every time he fights uh, is very good defensively, and it's hard to say. Like one part of me thinks it's gonna be a decision, but it's gonna be a bloody, bloody decision. But I, I could also see one of them getting knocked out or ref stopping it. And if I had to pick between those two, if it came to that, I, I would say Johnny Bedford would win it. I, I think maybe with his defense, he could counter him and, and put him on his ass. So, you know, we'll see what, what happens there. Very gassy, sorry. Um... Then my boy Chris Lieben, with his retirement fight, going up against Quentin Henry. Listen, Quentin Henry is a beast. Lieben is old. Love him, but he's, let's just be honest here, he's old. He's been around the block 35 times. But he can never count out, I call it the zombie walk. Once he gets dazed, he goes into this like zombie mode where he just comes forward and throwing punches left and right, left and right. Um, as far as this fight, I, as much like I like Lieben, I think Henry's just a lot more powerful, and I, I think this one's over within the first minute of the first round. Uh, before that one, we have Carissa Sigala versus Taylor Jenkins. This one. These two names I don't really know, so they may be newcomers. I unless they were on like a prelim and I missed the prelim past couple times. So I'm just gonna take a shot in the dark here and say Taylor Jenkins for the 135 pound bout. Um, same thing with the next one. It's a 145 pound bout. Greg Bono versus John Chalbeck. I think I think Chalbeck uh, fought a couple of months ago. Um, again. Gonna take a little another shot in the dark at this one. Will be Chal uh, I got Chalbuck winning. The only other one that I really recognize is a 205 pound bout. Lorenzo Hunt versus Rob Moreau. Lorenzo Hunt has fought in the BKFC a couple times. And a very good fighter. You know, I, I think he lost only one. Um but I'm gonna go with him, Lorenzo Hunt winning that bout and I, I think this card you know the kickoff the bare knuckle boxing schedule I think is going to be a successful pay-per-view for for them and as far as Paige Van Zandt like I said I'm going with um, Britton Hart I think she, she wins by decision and doesn't make Van Zandt look any good So before we get into some Super Bowl talk, I want to touch on a little bit about this Matthew Stafford trade. Very surprised that he actually went to the Rams. You know, if you guys remember last episode, I, I talked about what what quarterbacks are going to go where, and, and I had him going to the Browns. And to see what the Rams gave up. So in case you were living underneath the rock this whole weekend and week, 
Um, the Lions are getting a third-round pick this year, a first-round pick next year, and a first-round pick in 2023, meaning they are not going to have a, a first-round pick until 2024. To take that a step further, they haven't had a first-round pick since 2016. I guess they don't like first-round picks or something. Maybe that's why they're not that good in the playoffs. I don't know. But um, Stafford going to the Rams. Here's here's the thing I, I, I like about it. He's, he's got a big arm. So he's going to be able to get those deep balls to like Cooper Cup and those receivers. Has a good running game. And a good offensive line. And the coach, Sean McVay, he's very smart, very talented. And he'll know how to keep Matthew Stafford standing up. That was my biggest takeaway from him being in Detroit the whole time. Much like when Barry Sanders was. Not saying Matthew Stafford is Barry Sanders. But actually the opposite, I should say. Because Barry Sanders always had a good offensive line. But a decent quarterback, you know, Matthew Stafford, no offensive line. First two years in the NFL, he was hurt. Went on, you know, a couple years that he was healthy. Now this past year or two, he's been back to being not healthy. But come on, let's be honest. I mean, when you have no time to throw the ball and you're constantly getting slammed to the ground, it's going to get caught up. You know, you're going to get hurt. Now, does this make the, uh, the the Rams Super Bowl contenders? Yeah, I, I would say Super Bowl contenders. I mean, Goff wasn't bad. He wasn't terrible. He's just, you know, average. And when you give a guy $134 million, you expect him to be elite. And he wasn't. Now, with him going to the Lions, I think this is more of a, a, a bridge... You know, stop for him because you know they're going to probably draft a quarterback. Let the quarterback sit on the, the sidelines for a year, maybe two years, and let Goff just run the offense. And who knows? Maybe he gets back to where he was the first two years in, in the NFL, and you could trade him away and recoup some of those picks. Or actually get more of those picks because you already got three first rounders from or two first rounders from the Rams. Um, but the Lions, other than the offensive line, the Lions' offense isn't that bad. You know they they have a a young running back who's good. Wide receivers are decent. You know they they have a young top five, top seven tight end. So I am going to be interested to see how Stafford does uh, does with the Rams. Like I said, I think they're going to definitely be compete for the the Super Bowl now, especially if that defense could stick together with Aaron Darnold and um, Jalen Ramsey and all those guys. So Super Bowl week. Kansas City versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Raymond James Stadium. So many stories going into this 
this game before it even starts. I mean, first obvious one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers being the first ever team to host a game at their home stadium in Tampa Bay, Florida. Um, Tom Brady going for his 10th Super Bowl, or playing in his 10th Super Bowl, I should say. Um, just And Kansas City trying to be the first team to go back-to-back since 2003-2004, which was the Patriots. First story I want to touch on is the whole Tom Brady going into his 10th Super Bowl. Now, if you guys have listened over the, the episodes or whatever of me talking about Brady, you know, being greatest of all time, how I would always take John, uh, Joe Montana over him, and you know, I, I get a lot of flack, you know, flack for that um, from our good buddy King or our, our friend Shoulders O'Brien. But uh, I will admit, if Brady wins this, you you have to put the goat conversation to sleep. He he would have to be considered the goat unanimously when he left New England let, let's take it like this when he left New England a lot of people felt like Bill Belichick made him he was a scrawny kid coming out of Michigan who didn't start every year at Michigan um, and only got onto the field because of Drew Bledsoe getting injured against the Jets 10 Super Bowls now that's 9 with the Patriots and when he came to the Tampa Bay obviously the questions got asked who made New England did Belichick make Brady or Brady make Belichick I mean look at the stats Brady put up some good numbers and where was Belichick at the first round of the playoffs sitting at home they thought Cam Newton could help them get over that you know get back into the playoffs and when you only throw eight touchdowns ain't gonna happen so the the conversation got and if Brady wins the Super Bowl here of who's the greatest now if you ask me who would I take if he wins the Super Bowl if you guys ask me who would I take I, I might have to say Brady just because look what he's done so you know up till now the reason why I always took Montana was he was clutch but you don't have to be clutch if you're always playing ahead and I I think that's what Brady brings to the table a lot more of than being clutch I mean he has pulled off some good comebacks and everything like that over his career Um, but he's more known to, to keep that offense going the fieriness in him um as far as Kansas City trying to be first team to go back to back since 2003-2004 that's partly one reason why I want to see them win because I want to see them I want to see a team like there was back in the day when we were all younger seeing that it was cool now you know I don't want to see them go you know 5-6 in a row but back-to-back and maybe even back-to-back-to-back would be cool but the only reason why I want to see that happen is Andy Reid I I feel like 
people still don't believe he's the greatest coach of all time. If he were to win the Super Bowl, think, just think about his resume here. He would have been to, I believe, six championship games. Four NFC, two AFC. Maybe even seven. I think there might have been a year that they lost. He has two Super Bowl wins under his belt out of three tries. Just with the just with the Chiefs alone, he, he he's 91 and 37 in eight years. Think about that. 91 and 37. I mean, you have to say he's the greatest coach of all time. Maybe I'm saying that because he was a former Eagles coach, very loved, very good, um, except for that last year. And I, I still think he kind of got the, the bad end of the stick there. But you have to think he is the greatest coach of all time if they win this game. So Jimbo, who are you picking to win? Well, you know, I like I, I was thinking about it all week. I mean, this this on paper screams should be a hell of a game. Potentially high scoring. Um both defenses are basically identical statistically. You know, both giving up about the same amount of yards. Kansas City has the, the better offense, slight yardage-wise, but Tampa Bay has slight points-wise. So it's like, you know, Kansas City is favored by three. Even though Tampa Bay is, quote-unquote, the home team. I think Tampa Bay wins by five, which is funny because right before I came on, came on, I, I did my little uh, show notes, and I have Kansas City by five. But that—that's how close this is. Is it's just flip flop. But I think Tampa Bay wins. Someone asked Brady if you win, would you come back for you know your? Uh, will you play till you're 45? And he said, you know, definitely, depending on things. And I think that's what this depends on. If he wins, I think he he finally retires and runs off into the sunset. So I got Tampa Bay by five. I just want to see a very good game. Can't wait to see the movie trailers, the commercials. Hopefully they're not depressing like that one year. And I may try to do a live feed through Podbean. Um, during the Super Bowl. So make sure you download the Podbean app and keep an eye out for our live stream there. Also, make sure you guys tune in tomorrow because I'm going to have Chris Darling on and possibly another guest from the NSRA Racing League to uh, talk some iRacing. Maybe get their opinion about the, the Super Bowl with the what their picks are and things like that. So, till next time, this is your good friend Jimbo, signing out.